Hey, welcome to another Aftermarket Audio Workshop, the Town Hall Academy on insurance. Now, many don't understand insurance. Some feel they are overinsured and some underinsured. It's always much too late to discover the level of coverage when you have a claim, always too late. Now, this episode will go a long way to help you comprehend how important it is to be properly insured. Nothing good happens after midnight. That's what they say. You pick up the phone, you're already worried. And it's the worst case. It's business owner, your building's on fire. You need to get down here right away. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey, Carm Capriato, the Automotive Aftermarket Podcast Guy, with an exceptional Academy episode on insurance. Understand insurance coverages or not, this is a perfect episode to learn from. Hey, first, what's going on inside your shop management system? You know, no other tool can transform your business like your management system. Now, please consider Shopware's leading shop management system. It's helping shops like yours generate more profit per ticket and get more efficiency from their staff. Get a free demo at Shopware.com shop-where.com to find out how. More time, more profits. Shopware. Hey, big thanks for being involved in the podcast and slicing off your share of wisdom that is liberally shared by our guests each week. The podcast is a vitamin supplement to everything else you're doing to grow a successful business. It's vitamin K, knowledge. Hey, if you're not listening while you're mobile, then you need to go to my listen page on the RemarkableResults.biz website and learn about adding the three podcasts to your favorite podcast listening app. Always free on demand and available anywhere in the world. And with Bambi Crozier Car Clinic Lowell, Arkansas, Kim Auerenheimer, CS Automotive Brentwood, Tennessee, and Brad Hazelwonder from Federated Insurance. We're all over insurance. Now, when I owned my business, doing an insurance review was never, ever something I looked forward to. However, I knew how important it was to me, my people, and my business. This here episode will really help you get inside some important coverages and tactics you need to consider when crafting your insurance coverage, and you should always do that with an agent. Now, the show notes are already done for you and could serve as a great meeting outline. Go to remarkableresults.biz slash A161, copy and paste the talking points, and also find my guests' bios and links to their previous episodes. Now, we discovered that just one episode will not do this topic justice. So we're planning part two. I guarantee you'll learn just one new thing on insurance from this audio workshop. We're here to talk about uh, insurance. As I said, it could be a root canal for you, but it's one of the most important things as a business person that you need to do. With me is Bambi Crozier from Car Clinic in Lowell, Arkansas, uh, an always great contributor to the podcast. Hello, Bambi. Hello, thanks for having me, Carm. No problem. And Ken Auerenheimer, CS Automotive, Brentwood, Tennessee. Hello, Carm. Hey, everybody. We are great, Kim. Um, if you've not listened to the For the Record episode from Monday on falling in love with your business all over again from Kim, uh, she starts out, you know, really hard and then she kind of lightens it up at the end. But uh, it, it was great. Thank you so much for that. And Brad Hazelwonder from Federated Insurance is with us. Hey, Brad. Hey, how's everybody doing? 
you know, I've done some discussions with people, and I and I do believe a show that you know there were some catastrophic stuff that went on inside of the business, where there were fires and, and some total losses and and some recoveries. And uh, but I never got deep enough into the insurance side of this uh, team. So uh, we have a we have two shop owners that are you know ironically I didn't plan this to be a federated insurance thing I didn't it's just how it worked out I just wanted to know total transparency here and both Bambi and Kim are with federated and and Brad comes on and says ooh wow these are my customers really not they're in the in the wrong region so so there's a, there's a lot to share and maybe that makes it good that there's some commonality between all of you so that we could we're, we could be all on the same page so Brad start us out the basic types of insurance coverages and I don't want this to be too elementary but I I, I want to get into some deep stuff as we go yeah and insurance is a very complicated product um, at the end of the day it's a legal contract that when you pay us premiums you agree to so what the insurance contract says is literally what we're required by law to do uh, breaking down insurance on a basic level there are two things you need to think about the first is physical property so physical property are things you can touch think of it that way and there's really two types there's the portion you own such as your building your personal property your customer's property while it's in your care. Um, so those are physical things you can touch. The next side is liability. And those are things you're responsible for, damages that you may cause to others, uh, whether it be to their personal physical body, emotionally, or even the vehicles that, that they own. So think property and liability when you think insurance, because they're really two separate things and two types of coverage. Liability to me seems... Uh, like every time you, every half hour, there's an attorney uh, commercial. Why, why is that, Brad, that we should be so worried about that? Well, there's a lot of different things going on on the liability side, but on a basic level, being a business owner, you have more responsibility than an average individual. Um, as a business owner, old English law says you are the master of your employees. And vicarious liability means you're responsible for what they do. So when you hire somebody, you're saying, I trust that person. When you give somebody the keys to a vehicle, whether it's for a test drive um, or for them to work on a vehicle, you're saying, I trust them enough. And if they do something that's not right, that liability falls on you. So liability limits are going through the roof right now. The highest liability any business faces is auto. The second highest liability is the industry you specialize in. Uh-oh auto and auto. So for you guys, it's even a little bit higher on the liability side of what courts are pushing right now. Well, that was a scary thought, uh, ladies. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Two high, two high risks there. Um, when, when you sit down with an agent, Bambi, um, are, are they going to ask you, oh, hey, do you provide loaner cars? Do your people go out and test drive cars? And of course, probably the answers are yes and yes. And do you look at specific coverages for that? We absolutely do. When I meet with Jordan, who is our agent, we meet with him every, usually a couple of times a year, um, uh, but we'll do an audit every year and we will, he'll come in probably midway to three quarters of the way to make sure that I've got everything I need for, I'm not going to get a big bill at the end. He wants to make <laughs> sure that I've, I've got, you, you laugh because you know this is true. He's like, let's make yeah. sure that your payroll hasn't increased this. But he's asking me things like, um, any name changes in the business, any structure changes, uh, is has the 
the owners changed? Um, the nature of what you're doing, have you added anything else that I need to ensure? Uh, have you moved? Sometimes people move locations and, and forget to tell their agents. Um, your mailing address, has it changed? Uh, any changes in my equipment? He asks me about my revenue, wants to look at my receipts, my payroll, any changes in employees who are driving those vehicles? Of course, we do offer loaners. So he's wanting to know what cars are we covering and what are, you know, what do we want to put those limits on those? Um, who's driving them? Is, is it any personal use? Uh, all kinds of things. I mean, have I hit it all? I'm not sure. <laughs> but yes, those are the types of questions that Jordan asks me when we sit down. Yeah, those are those are very important questions because when insurance is scheduled, there's different ways you can schedule it. And so just like I said before, when you give a customer keys, you're saying, I, I trust that person. Right. So you need to do checks and you need to make sure, one, they have a valid driver's license because if you don't, it's your responsibility as a shop owner for not doing that check. You need to make sure they have valid insurance. And if you want your car protected, they need to have full coverage. And, well. and, I'll, and I'll add on to that. We just had a situation where um, we did have a lend out a loaner car and it was a, um, in fact, we're dealing with this right now with Federated. Um, it was a, a mother who was covered under a, um, her daughter's policy and the mother was not aware that the vehicle that she was driving under her daughter's policy, that particular vehicle was not under the convent collision. Um, our, our error, um, however, um, it was a misunderstanding. We didn't have the policy or the page, the, um, Brad, remind me the, the name, the declaration page, is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Um, stating the coverage on that vehicle. And um, so anyway, long story short, um, that vehicle, because the vehicle that's in the shop did not have comp and collision, therefore our loaner vehicle does not have comp and collision. And she did have a, hit a mailbox with it. Um, all that being said is there was um, some damage and it's, it's a fair amount of damage. Um, and so our vehicle will still be covered under our insurance. However, if we are now responsible for it. It is not an at fault on our insurance, which is a, a good deal. So but we'll still have to pay the, the deductible on it, um, but it's not at fault on us. But I really appreciate the fact that Federated, and I'm not going to use the, the correct word, but um, I believe it that um, Federated is going to subjugate or segregate and, and um, you know, uh, help um, go back after the driver to make the, to pay the claim or the pay the, the, um, the repair. Um, so it is really important. So I just want to add on, that is something that we are currently dealing with. And if you have a good insurance company, um, you know, we made a mistake on that. And it was, it was, uh, because we didn't ask for that declaration page on this long stand, this long time customer and every other vehicle on this particular customer we had, but not this particular one. So. I, I've got to stop for a moment. Uh, we, we did a show last week about uh, giving loaner key cars to people on the weekends. Uh, they put in the code in the Dropbox. They pick up the keys. They go to the car because they're trying to be so convenient for customers. Uh, so Brad's shaking his head because he's a risk manager, right? Yeah. And what I just heard Kim say and Brad say, are they insured? I mean, walk me through... Uh, a, a transaction with a loaner car and, and how you minimize your risk? Well, we had, we had the, all the other documentations, copy of the insurance card, copy of the insurance. Before you give the loaner card up, you get that person's 
ID card? Do you, do you photo their license? Copy of the insurance, copy of their insurance card. Okay. Copy of their driver's license. license copy of the declaration. Is that the right word declaration page of the insurance? Yeah, what, what you're looking for, you can ask for a certificate of insurance, which shows their coverage, a declaration page, which yes. shows the vehicle is one on that policy, the liability limits mm-hmm. that are covered on that policy, and whether it has comp and collision. Mm-hmm. And collisions when they hit something, and comprehensive is when damage is done to it, such as a tree falls on it, uh, hail is on it. Um, typically, their insurance isn't going to cover the comprehensive side, but it will cover the collision side. Um, and I would like to put into place what you're doing is awesome. That's exactly what you need to do to protect yourself. I would add, um, have a vehicle usage form signed as well, yes. um, which states they're taking the liability if they cause an accident and has other provisions such as who is able to drive, only the person that you give the vehicle to, because if somebody else hops in the vehicle, you don't have their information. You don't know where they sit hmm. or if they have a valid driver's license. So the, the vehicle release form is actually, um, we actually have a vehicle release form that was sent into the legal department at our insurance company, Chapman's V Federated, and reviewed. And it states in there that they assume li- uh, respons- uh, financial responsibility, liability responsibility, and then the you know return with the full tank of gas and that they're the only ones that will be driving the vehicle, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but what we did not obtain was a declaration page. So something to think about with loaner vehicles is if the vehicle that you are working on as a shop does not have comp and collision, then the vehicle that they are driving will not be covered as the same or the same way that the vehicle that is in your shop. So it's like for like. So just that is something that we learned by by experience, and um, and is something that we're we're going through now. So um, you know, it is. I'm very thankful that yeah, you know that our that federated is working with us through this, um, and um, you know, but it is something that we had to learn the hard way. So you know. And this is something that came up since I, you know, agreed to be on this show. So, you know, if I have to <laughs> experience this to be on the show, then darn. But um, it Damn, is uh, real world experience, yeah. Kim. Exactly. Thank you. Um, that was painful. Painful. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm bleeding for you. Uh, Al Wright says we test treat loaners no different than if you uh, we were to have a vehicle rental company. And and I will I've got it here and I don't know if you can if you can actually see it but this is the information but it even like all the way through the yeah. the walk around of the vehicle you know all the the initials signatures you know and so on. So, so. Bambi and Kim, uh, if you're listening through audio uh, in a podcast that we repurpose every every th- the following Thursday, uh, they were holding up this document that the customer would sign, and obviously, if there was any damage on the car, I guess it, that's what you're doing. You're yeah. you're drawing that up, uh, Brad. Uh, I'm in New York State. We get a uh, little tiny uh, you know postcard insurance card, proof of insurance, if you will. Uh, you guys are talking about a declarations page. Uh, explain how that works. I. I'm at the shop. Um, I really didn't plan on leaving the vehicle, but it looks like the repair is going to be deeper and longer than I thought. I need to get somewhere. You say, okay, let's do the loaner car. How do you get a declaration page from me that only has an insurance card or proof of insurance? Yeah. So not all insurance cards are the same. So some cards will actually have the liability limits printed on there. And if there's comp and collision with the deductible, Ah. unfortunately, not all do. So what your customer can do or what you can do is reach out to the agent that holds their insurance 
and ask them to provide you a form that shows proof of coverage. Um, and proof of coverage will show that there's liability coverage, the limit of liability, which is very, very important, and also that it has collision coverage to protect you if the vehicle is damaged. Most of our customers um, are able to, um, once we once we have trained them that, that we need this declaration page, are able to go through their their app. It, for whatever reason, our particular customers are more have more apps or more tech savvy. Mm -hmm. So most of them are able to send it via email through our apps. So. I love where this went, Brett. How could we put a bow on this loaner car thing and then move on? You know, on the on the loaner car thing, what I'll say is what you guys are doing is awesome. There also is a hidden danger. Just because you have an insurance card in your hand does not mean it's valid and somebody paid their bill. For instance, my insurance card shows that it's enforced for six months and then they show me another card or send me another one. Well, if that person or individual fails to pay the premium and there's no insurance in place, you don't have liability coverage or collision coverage. So uh -huh. reaching out to the agent if you can is very important. Card does not mean proof of insurance. It's just a card. Yeah, it's a card that says at the time when we issued this, they paid their bills and hopefully they've continued and it's still in force. Wow. Okay. Um, let's, let's, what would be the next greatest topic to have an open discussion on? Would it be property? Would it be equipment? You know, Kim mentions payrolls, that's workmen's comp. What's the next one that we want to bring some awareness? You know, what I'll go with is how insurance pays out because most people assume that a claim happens and insurance just fixes everything. Well, again, insurance is a legal contract that says how we're going to pay out. And there's basic types of replacement property that can be that can take place. So if you have damage, replacement cost is one way. And what replacement cost means is that if you have an object, we replace it with the exact same thing, except for like, kind, and quality new. So something was damaged, um, call it a vehicle, it's damaged, we give you a brand new vehicle. That's not how things are typically scheduled in the vehicle world. Vehicles typically use actual cash value. So if you go out and you wreck your vehicle and it's total, an insurance company says, we are going to pay you what that is worth in today's market. So again, replacement cost is replacing something like kind and quality new the same way. An actual cash value is replacing it with what it's worth today or depreciated value. So think about that on a building. If a tornado comes, worst case scenario, it's all gone, your worst nightmare. If your building is scheduled at replacement cost, that means it gets rebuilt to like kind and quality, but new. You get that building back and you can start up again, and run your business. If it's at actual cash value, they take the depreciated amount out. For easy numbers, if it's a $100,000 building, it's 30 years old, you're only gonna get paid $70,000 because they take the depreciated amount out. And that's the same for any partial claims as well. $10,000 roof damage would be depreciated on actual cash value and only pay you $7,000. So realizing how everything is scheduled is very important to realize what you're going to get back if the claim was to happen. So let me put this in, in automotive shop owner language. Once again, I can use a real life experience. <laughs> so I had a um, car wash guy forget to put a car in park. The vehicle um, continued to move forward, pushed a Hunter Road Force balancer into an alignment rack and completely destroyed the, the, the um, balancer. 
we were in the process of planning on some capital funds to replace that balancer. So we already knew that it was coming to end of life in, in the next three to four years. Because we had replacement value on that piece of equipment, I mean, we got a, road, a brand new road force balancer, lift assist. I mean, just state-of-the-art, amazing. Because we planned, because we were advised to go replacement value and not cash value. You know, if you're advised to go replacement value on equipment, you know, that's... Otherwise, we would have been given, you know, pennies on the dollar. Hey, Carm here. Now think about your shop management system. Isn't it the center of your business? And most of us are running on systems that are decades old, and you know who you are. It's time to change and get the benefits that a modern system can bring to your business. Shopware Shop Management is a cloud-powered management system that gives your staff and your customers the end-to-end digital experience that they expect. With Shopware, you can see every job and view work updates in real time. And you can manage your shop from anywhere with any device. And that's becoming more important than ever. You'll see your customers interact with digital work orders and buy services from you more often with less effort. You can earn more parts profit with just the click of one button and with less paper too. You'll also get improved efficiency from your staff. Do this. Request a live tour of Shopware at shop-ware.com. Look, it's time to make the switch and get started making more money with a powerful modern business tool designed to solve your biggest challenges. Can you pick, Brad, individual items or does the entire uh, building that houses that equipment have to have either actual cash value or replacement costs, either or? So certain coverages depict whether you can or not. For your buildings, your property, such as tools, inventory, equipment, that stuff can be replacement cost or actual cash value. Um, I would never personally recommend actual cash value unless you're in a situation to where you would not continue to do business afterwards. Um, most likely, if you're at actual cash value, you're not going to be able to restart your business, um, not only for all the pains of going out and trying to find used things to replace what you had, but the capital hit you're going to take. Again, think about a hundred thousand dollar claim, and me only giving you seven. What's the uh, what's the premium above actual cash value? Is it is it is it a lot more money? No, no. And the way I'll explain it is based on a depreciated value. So if you've got something at a hundred percent, which is replacement cost, what it costs to go get it out new today. Um, actual cash value is based on a depreciated level. So say a 30% depreciation on that actual item. So you're saving about 30%. Uh, but if you're looking to save money on insurance, what I'd suggest is get the proper coverage you need at replacement costs, proper limits of insurance, and take a little bit higher deductible, which will offset moving up to the higher coverage, which is replacement cost. Perfect segue into deductibles. Deductibles are something I'm very passionate about. When you own a business, it's different than owning a home. So our personal autos, we own two autos and a house. So my deductibles don't affect the cost of insurance as much as, let's say, you have an auto repair shop and your building is worth 10 times more than a normal home. You have multiple vehicles you're covering. Um, so deductibles not only give you upfront savings, but there's a hidden advantage to deductibles that's very rarely talked about and can help you save not only on insurance dollars today, but down the road. So workers' compensation and auto are two of the areas. Depending on what state you're in for workers' compensation, you can take advantage of a deductible. 
And when you take advantage of a deductible on workers' compensation, you not only have upfront savings, but if you have a claim, it can prevent your mod, which is a number that says how safe your business is from increasing. Because if your mod increases, so does the cost of your workers' compensation. So depending on the state you're in, if you have a deductible and the claim is below that deductible, it will not affect your experience mod. The same is held true for most states with auto deductibles as well. If you have a $2,500 deductible on an auto, the claim ends up being $2,000. Well, yes, you're responsible for paying that $2,000, but it doesn't affect your experience rating. And experience rating literally says, how risky are you as a client? So if your insurance premium is $10,000 and your experience is 0.85, that means you're a good client. You don't have claims. Well, now your insurance only costs you $8,500. But on the flip side, let's say you've had accidents and your experience, the number of claims is a 1.15. Well, now that $10,000, which is average, goes up to 11,500. So keeping claims away from hitting your experience on insurance can help keep the long-term costs down as well. So ladies, it seems to me that if I was getting this lecture from Brad on deductibles uh, and and savings, I would say I got to really we got we got we have a good house we have to we have to be organized we have to watch every I mean, we have to minimize our risk by running a smarter better cleaner more organized uh, company and you know I'm I'm missing a, a million other things D- does d- does that deductible um story that that Brad just told motivate you to uh mi- minimize your risks Absolutely absolutely and and I'm suspecting where we're going there is through processes and and making sure that we've got quality controls in place and we're not, you know, letting them drive off with our thousand dollar dongle in the car that we're losing every five minutes, you know, those kind of things, or we're not running through our equipment or whatever. Absolutely. Uh, But I'll be honest, a lot of what he just said, I'm completely confused. I I don't understand a word of what just was said. You're not supposed to because he's an insurance (laughs) guy and he talks way the heck up here, you see. I was like... That sounds really smart, and I don't get it. I'll break this down easy. Um, Who do you think we should charge more for insurance? Somebody that turns in a lot of claims or somebody that doesn't have claims? Right, right. The person without claims. Mm -hmm. So insurance has an internal calculation. Every company does this. They have an internal calculation, which is called experience rate. And all that is is saying, how many claims have you had versus how much you pay in insurance? So when you have claims, your cost is going to go up. It is. It's experience rate. Your Mm -hmm. experience is higher. You've had claims. Well, with deductibles, anything below a deductible, depending on what state you are and the rules and regulations, anything below a deductible prevents your experience rating from increasing, from increasing. So you didn't have the claim to us on insurance. So it's going to help keep your future insurance costs down. Well, and I guess the way I look at that is if I'm going to have a claim that's my deductible or less, I'm not going to tell you about it anyway. But I have always reported because if something, what happens if something happens later on? Because you can always withdraw a claim. And I mean, if something, if if I'm in an experience, if I have an experience where I don't know what's going to happen in the next six months with the situation 
whether it be with a workman's comp issue, whether it be with a legal action. I'm on, first thing I do is I pick up the phone with, with my rep, Aaron. I pick up the phone with the, you know, one, the 1-800 federated line. You report it. I report yeah. it because you never know what's going to come down the line because my, my experience is I'd rather, I'd rather let it be known what could happen put it on record and put it on record. And, and at least, at least I get counsel and I get help up front. Now a claim is a claim is not always a claim. And that's, that's right. what I have found. Is well, that, and so that's, that, that's where that I was correct, a little. Brad? A claim is not always a claim. Yeah. There could be a report only. And a report only means there's zero dollars paid out. So you call something into us, which I would highly suggest, uh, because the faster we know about a claim, the faster we can react. And that's especially true on any liabilities. If somebody's injured, if your employees are injured. Stats show the longer you wait to tell us, the more it costs us and you. So I always recommend a report only. And a report only means we're just letting you know. And even if that report only turns into, let's say, a small claim, $700. That's where your deductible comes into play if your state follows those reporting rules. Because then even that small claim that you were worried about turning in won't affect your insurance cost if it's below the deductible. So I guess the way I've looked at this, I, I'm thinking like we're in a car and and as we went there, we broke apart. We just paid to replace that part. I'm not reporting that. I I don't. You're okay there. But we also, yeah. we, had a, we had a lightning hit, strike the building. Oh, of course. I filed the claim because I had my, my AC, we had a, a low voltage to the building happen for about an hour. Mm-hmm. I filed the claim because I didn't know long-term what was going to end up happening. My AC ended up going out. Um, I ended up having about $6,500 worth of, of issues. My deductible is 5000 I sat there and I decided, was it really worth it? Was it not? And long, long-term, I mean, it was ended up being like 5700 I decided not to file it. The $700 wasn't worth filing a claim. I'd rather take the 700 and not have right. it. But you it. withdrew. Right. You reported, but you withdrew. I, but I withdrew the claim and tore up the check. Yep. And I... I had a friend who owns a, a printing company who had the same situation and it took out every computer in his, I mean, he was completely out. And then you go into the, the insurance of, I, he was without all of his equipment. He couldn't make any money. It took out equipment that wasn't his like telephone and internet that he had to pay for those. And that was really eye opening for us. When we heard about that in one of our masterminds, we were like, do we have enough coverage for something like that? Right. Um, I guess we've been fairly blessed. We haven't come across these situations, um, which I'm thankful for. But we also left that claim open for about about three weeks to a month just Mm -hmm. to make sure there wasn't something else we didn't know about. I'm I'm really happy that we're going where we're going, but I also realize there's so much to talk about here. I don't know if we could do it all (laughs) justice in one show. So I may want to, when we end, put a pin in this and look at the notes that we didn't cover and maybe come back for a part two because... We're here trying to help the industry, not highlight stuff, not brush it over. And if we need right. a part two, we're, we're going to go for it. First of all, I get all this. I've been there. I've done it. 
And, uh, but I'm, I'm loving where the conversation went because I think there's a ton of people in our industry that can value our, our conversation. And one of the things that I wrote down was cost management. If we were, we are always in our business looking, you know, let's go back to profit first. You know, if, if, if you put, if you allocate your cash and you go back to the general fund and there's not enough money there to pay the rest of the bills, you're going to look above, you're going to look in the cost management and, and again, deductibles, what you're paying for premium, your risk management, that whole insurance line is an area to look at that maybe not enough think about. Right, Brad? Yeah, I would say most business owners don't understand that they can control the cost of their insurance. They have a part of it. You can help us keep your premium down. Before, and again, I, I like to do these in 40 minutes. It's, it's, it's around 1230. Uh, I, again, I, I think there's a lot more to cover. But I think in this part one, I really want to get into uh, company and personal umbrella insurance. To me, I think that would be important to talk about. Ladies, do you have, you know, a big umbrella covering your butt? <laughs> oh, yeah. Personally and, and through uh, commercially. It's so cheap. You'd be absolutely out of your mind not to have an umbrella because it covers what you, it's just that one time, it's only going to take one time and you're done and that umbrella covers you. Well, and, and also personally, if you have children, you know, that are driving vehicles or, you know, making decisions, um, you know, that are outside of your control, business aside, I think you have to have umbrella as personally, but anytime that you're associated with um, a business, uh, organizations, um, you know, um, um, nonprofit organizations, for-profit organizations, anytime you're involved in any other organizations, you need to have a personal umbrella. And then a commercial umbrella just, you know, is just a given. It's, Mm -hmm. If you don't, then then you're just asking for it. Brad, before you reply, because I really need you, I just want to remind everybody that Bambi Crozier is here from Car Clinic in Lowell, Arkansas. Kim Auerheimer, CS Automotive in Brentwood, Tennessee. And Brad Hazelwonder from Federated Insurance. Your perspective on personal and company umbrella? To simplify an umbrella, because when you think of, about an umbrella, the first thing you think about is what you open up and it protects you from the rain. Well, that's kind of what an umbrella does for the insurance industry as well except for it sits on top of multiple levels of coverage. So your general limits of insurance on auto, a million dollars, is a no-brainer for liability. Work comp, depending on your state, it's 500000 or a minimum. And general liability is a, is a million. So those are your coverage limits. And Umbrella sits on top of all of those limits and gives you additional coverage. To simplify things, we'll talk about auto because it's the industry you're in. One of your employees is test driving a vehicle. Um, They're driving a company-owned vehicle. They do something they're not supposed to do. It says behind me, don't text and drop. Um, They do that, despite the fact you have policies that say they shouldn't. Unfortunately, the person they got in an accident with made a good living. They made $100,000. Well, that individual was a young gentleman, and he had two kids. The kids were two and four. Well, he made $100,000. His kids are two and four. Just to get those kids to age 18, you've got 16 years for the youngest one. That's $1.6 million just in income replacement. That's not any medical bills. That's not the cost to replace the vehicle that was damaged. There's no emotional stress in there or gross negligence because your person was texting and driving when he shouldn't have been. 
So that claim could balloon easily to $3 million. And in today's world, a million dollars is not enough. And so your business umbrella protects anything on the business side that you would do. You can even name an individual that is an owner as a designated individual, which extends additional coverage to personal usage of company-owned vehicles. And then on your personal umbrella, it's going to protect things such as your house, personally owned cars, and things of that nature. Um, A great example with the kids. I have a six and eight-year-old. They always have friends playing over on the playground. If somebody is seriously injured and I get sued or multiple kids are injured, is what I have enough to to protect what I own and what I can get sued for? The answer is no, not usually. So the personal umbrella protects you at home. And it's a a no-brainer as well. Well, thank you for that. And uh, we, we hear too often about stuff like that happening. And I, I think when you buy insurance, uh, ladies, I'm not sure if, if this has ever happened to you. Um, that would never happen to us. So why am I even thinking of it? And and I think that's probably the wrong mentality to have. Right, Brad? It is. There are a lot of places you can save on expenses. Um, insurance, plain and simple, you get what you pay for. Um, there are a lot of cut rate policies on there, um, not to diminish, you know, any of the online dot com things where you can go and buy a personal auto policy. But you're going there to get the cheapest policy, which means you, you might be saving 10 percent, 10 percent, but 10 percent that could cost you everything. So uh, making sure everything's scheduled property and you have the proper limits is very important. So what I'd say is sit down with somebody that knows and specializes in your industry. Because not all insurance policies are created the same, and the knowledge of your agent isn't always the same. Um, so having the knowledge in your industry and the proper coverage is very important. And that ten percent is not going to is not worth it when they're not there to hold your hand and walk you through the when you need that help. I completely agree with what Kim's saying because it's amazing how many times I'll text Jordan and I'll I'll ask him questions and he. He's amazing. And Federated, I've got to give a shout out to them because Federated, they send them out for training and it's not a quick and easy. They're going through intensive <laughs> training. So when Jordan first came to us, obviously our insurance, I'll tell you, my insurance went up considerably whenever I went with Federated from where I was before. Um, but he sat down and he explained the impact, um, what I what I was not covered for, where I was I was in essence naked out there, Your and it gaps. was really yes. And the fact that he knew it and he understood it, he checks in. He's local, so he swings by here. I probably see him no less than once a month, uh, where he just swings in and or you know let's go to lunch. Anything change? What can I do for you? It's amazing. She just described what we do in our industry, build relationships with people, right? And, and, and that's exactly uh, what, what you want your insurance agent to be. Two things I want to cover from the Zoom chat. Number one, Gary Keyes asks, for coverage on mechanical repairs that have a failure, what is the average deductible? Uh, typically, $1,500 is the average deductible. Okay. All right. Well, you're probably paying for it then, Gary. And then Doug Olson says that uh, we lost our entire business last September to a tornado. Luckily, we were covered well by insurance. The only part we were lacking in was business continuation. We were covered for six months, and that isn't enough. It will take us about eight months to get open again. We uh, we have since expanded that to one year. Also, if you don't show all of your income, your insurance company can't pay you income if you don't show any. Make sure your books 
are accurate. My heart just my heart just stopped beating when I read halfway through that, Doug. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, I know. Terrible, terrible. And and he brings up. Thank you, Doug, for being on this call with us for sharing that that personal loss and you know that 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 tragedy with the tornado. But these are the stories that just need to be told over and over again, right, Brad? They are. Um, and what I try to get my clients and, and individuals to understand and think about is the worst case scenario, because that's how you should buy insurance. And I always try to paint a picture and I tell people to close their eyes and, and just listen and think as if it's happening. And what I say is, close your eyes. Imagine you're in bed, you're asleep. It's 3 a.m. You hear the phone ring. Nothing good happens after midnight. That's what they say. You pick up the phone, you're already worried. And it's the worst case. It's business owner, your building's on fire. You need to get down here right away. You pop up, you're scared to death. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to start, even what to think. So the entire time you're driving down there, you are scared to death. You're hoping for the best. But when you pull up, it's the worst. It's gone. You're not going to be thinking about 10%. Then you're going to be thinking about what do I do? Is the coverage I have correct? And that's why having the proper limits for replacing your property, for your building, having proper business income, which is very important, are all things you need to analyze when you go through a policy. And don't be afraid to ask questions um, because you should. It's an investment on on your end and a conversation to have back and forth with your agent to make sure you're properly covered. But Carm, one of the things that I really love when I sit down with Jordan is I what if him? What if this happens? What if this happens? Because that's the way I think. And I don't know what that that type of coverage may be called or what the federated language is. But I'll, I'll what if what happens if we wreck a customer's car? What happens if someone runs into our building? What happens if everything catches on fire? Are my my employees' tools covered? Are my tools covered? What happens if we have a data breach with our credit card? Let's decide to do part two. Um, I've got employment-related practice liability, cyber pollution. I've got new property acquisitions. Did I say cybersecurity? Yes, I did. Uh, loss of income. Uh, we kind of covered t- technicians' toolboxes. We could call the next academy insurance what-ifs. I love it. Okay, let, let's do that in part two. I, I'm so happy we did this. It's 161 weeks. We never did an insurance show. Wow, where was I? Okay, and 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 this is one. Of, this is going to be one of those gems that's just going to cream up inside the uh, the podcast catalog. And thank you so much for being here. I'm going to give you all a kind of a last, you know, some some summary. But Gary Gary Key says uh, anytime to talk about coinsurance, we'll do that next time, Gary. Okay, Th- this was good. It, it just opens up our eyes. Pay attention to your business and don't ignore the value and the power that insurance you can get from from having a great insurance agent and and good insurance coverage. So, um, you know, Bambi, let me just, you know, if you can summarize something from today, just to, you know, just to give us a a way out, uh, I'll I'll let you go first. This has been great for me. I've learned a ton. Um, And I do talk to Jordan every time, but I don't necessarily consider that reporting, but he guides me and says, yeah, not a big deal. You just take care of it. And I love the what ifs and I can't wait for that one. So, and and Doug, you should probably be on that one. Yeah, all three of you are coming back. You have no choice. (laughs) Kim, you're next. I just think we need to remember that. I think sometimes we 
think insurance insurance companies are kind of like our nemesis and they're our partners in our business. Um, we need to be partners with our insurance companies. Um, our my insurance rep is is he's like a he's much younger than I, so I call him like he's Mine my too. he's my insurance son, but he's my partner and you know he takes care of us, we take care of him and you know, whatever insurance company you use, I do recommend, you know, Brad's company, they they should be a partner in your business. And if you don't feel like they're a partner in your business and that they're taking care, they're, they're out to take care of you, then you need to find a different company. They should be in the business of protecting you. And if you don't feel that way, then you need to be shopping around and don't shop for price, shop for protection. Love that. Shop for protection. Wow. Kim, you always drop these gems on me. Thank you. I try. I know. <laughs> it just comes out. <laughs> it does. It just happens. <laughs> I love it. Brad, I'll let you do cleanup. Thanks for being here, by the way. No, thank you, guys. This was a lot of fun, and I'll definitely do part two with you. This uh, was a lot of fun. You know, what I'll say is, in today's business world, it's harder than it's ever been. Not only do you guys face more on an insurance side, but all over the place, more reporting, more everything. Everybody's a specialist at something. If you ask me to open up a hood and look at the engine, it's a bad deal. It's not going to get fixed. I would mess everything up. That's why I go to professionals such as you. Um, the same things in the insurance world. Find somebody you trust that specializes in your industry. Somebody that's willing to ask the questions. Somebody that's not just a check collector. There's a lot of people in the insurance world that you send a check to every month and they may, be not, may not even show up for your renewal. They just mail it to you. Find somebody that's going to invest in your business um, you know, shameless plug, you can go to federatedinsurance.com, find an agent. We'll re- review your policy for free. And we'll be honest, if it's good, we'll tell you it's good. But if it's not good, we're going to tell you it's not good as well. Take the time to review everything and, you know, thank, your in- thank you guys and your industry for everything you do. Um, it's, it's not an easy industry. Um, you guys are trying to find good employees, but when you find a good mechanic, trust them just like hopefully you trust your insurance agent. Well, we learned a lot, as we always do in these uh, Academy workshops uh, for for the industry. Uh, Thank you to Kim and Bambi and and Brad for being here. Have a great weekend, and um, go out there and minimize your risk. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 